Well, the Evergreen is unstuck and the Suez Canal is open for business, so world trade can resume, except for the ongoing pandemic, of course. But the sentiment is positive right now as the vaccines are rolled out, particularly in the US and the UK. The UK's fatality rate is well down now, and it seems likely that Joe Biden will announce a much bigger than expected infrastructure plan tomorrow night, even more than $3 trillion. And the margin call that saw the big block trade, uh, the markets seem on top of that, that they've weathered that storm for now. It's Tuesday, the 30th of March, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, U.S. stocks are mixed. Uh, you might think uh, we'd be back in favour of the cyclicals with the, the Dow up 0.3%, the Nasdaq down 0.8%, but some banks aren't doing well. Uh, JP Morgan is down 1.4%, for example, and some tech stocks are up. Facebook has gained 2.5%. So go figure. The U.S. dollar marginally up on yesterday on the DXY index, but really not much currency movement at all overnight. The euro and the pound are down about 0.2% of the major currencies. They are really the biggest move, although the, the Kiwi dollar is also up about the same amount. Small moves in uh, bond yields, although 10-year treasuries are up four basis points. Much of that is fairly late in the session. They're up a couple of basis points an hour or so ago. Up three basis points for Aussie 10 years, up to 1.68%, and the same for 10 years across much of Europe. They're all up two or three basis points. And oil, well, you might have expected a bit more movement on oil, given that there's been movement in the container ship trapped in the Suez Canal. Uh, You would have thought perhaps that would help oil prices down. But actually, Brent is up another 0.7%, up over 65 a barrel now. Uh, Gavin Friend will guide us through what's going on, because it's all a bit confusing this morning. He is Senior Market Strategist at NAB in London. Maybe we should start, uh, Gavin, with that. Uh, that block trade story from yesterday because it was all uh, all down to Argigas uh, Capital Management who had a margin call on some of their stocks uh, when they lost ground, particularly in the telecoms and media sector. So CBS Viacom down from $95 to $45 in a week and staying there. Uh, it doesn't look like there was really any further contagion, though, was there, on Monday? I mean, it did hit Asian stocks, I think, a bit yesterday, and Credit Suisse, obviously, are going to take a big hit on their earnings from the whole episode, but it could have been worse. Yeah, morning, Phil. An interesting day. Uh, we'll come to that one second. I mean, it's a week that's going to see some bumper, likely to see a, some bumper U.S. job gains on Friday's non, uh, non-farm pay report for March. We'll also get some important manufacturing PMI numbers for March. And this has been, things there have looked pretty good uh, to date. We'll also see the start of much-awaited base effects coming into Eurozone inflation numbers. But to your point, um, today did start off with some risk aversion, yields lower, equity futures lower, the dollar slightly higher. Um, as the news of the uh, 20, almost 20 billion fire sale of Chinese and US stocks really was all-encompassing. That's all anybody wanted to talk about. Um the concern here, I guess, um, being, you know, might others also be in trouble and, and what, are the, you know, what are the extent of losses to its prime brokers? In one sense, I mean, these kind of worries get fuel from the abundance of liquidity available right now and also lead to concerns of whether risk is being priced correctly in some areas. The big worry is, you know, how far does it stretch and are others involved? Um you know, it, it's 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 rather being it's it's rather this than being something to do with the actual stocks that were sold at a discount. You know, think back to the film of the same name, Margin Call. All of this said, and it, it's early days. It does look as though the situation has been, you know, relatively well contained. Little sign of contagion, as you say, and you know that the central banks, the regulators, the authorities will be watching this very, cl- you know, very carefully, very closely, and 
will want to uh, step in if anything untoward were to happen. But it does um, show that it does show there's a, a lot of volatility in the market. There, I mean, all of this k- kicking off because the share price fell. Uh, I think it was largely CBS Viacom saying that they wanted to raise another three billion in in new stock offerings so they could invest in in more st- uh, streaming services. That's what sent their share price falling so much, and that's what kicked all this off. I mean that that is huge volatility. I mean we're we're talking forty percent in a week. Yeah, but it goes to the the underlying issue here is the leverage, isn't it? That's, that was extended uh, to the family office who couldn't pay. Uh, when the share price fell, that uh, institution was asked to step up more, more, more of a margin call, couldn't deliver, and then um, you know the stock had to be sold. And it's the unwinding of that. And where does this go? Are there others out there with the same issues? And what is you know what of the, the issue of contagion to some of the prime brokers and some of these other names? Yeah, all right. Well, that's one to watch. Isn't the, it? The, 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 I mean, well, the good news is is that so far things look very orderly and. Again, bringing it back to today, markets have turned around because they've looked at this. They think it doesn't stretch much further. And they've instead started to look at things like the freeing up of the tanker, the ever given in the Suez and other things like Joe Biden's stimulus package. Um, you know, the state of the manufacturing PMIs that we're going to see this week. You know, the the, the, the more positive things, a bumper jobs uh, crop uh, on Friday. Those Well, yet yeah, on the so on those positive things. So the evergreen unstuck now. So it's uh, ships now navigating. It's going to take a while for them to catch up. But of course, it could have been much worse. Uh, I mean, you know, this time yesterday, there was talk about whether they're actually going to have to offload those containers. Uh, but, you know, you would have thought there would be more of a, a, a response in, in oil prices. I guess it's more to do with the fact that there are still lockdown concerns. We've got the OPEC policy discussions happening on Thursday as well. So where that's sort of offset uh, the, the news uh, from the Suez, isn't it? It does. I mean, uh, the canal is uh, reportedly reopening to traffic. Um, this will ease things, but it's going to take a while to clear the logjam. And uh, we know that in the period ahead, we're still going to, you know, we, we still have a, a global economy that's very much still in lockdown. It's coming out very, very ever so slowly, but it's the, 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 pr- the pressures that we can see evident in the PMIs are going to be there for some time. And we're going to get a warning about these price pressures uh, starting today. Uh, Germany is going to report preliminary inflation numbers for March. They're going to jump uh, by a few tenths of a percentage point. That's going to be the precursor for French and then broader Eurozone numbers on Wednesday. Uh, We've got to wait a couple of weeks to get the US CPI equivalent. But, you know, March and April numbers is where we're going to get the base effects, you know, which is the... The impact of the, the weaker numbers that we saw a year ago dropping out of the annual uh, equations and um, we'll get these mechanical rises in inflation, which will just add to the evident price pressures from things like um, you know the, the supply disruptions. And all of this sets the scene for much higher inflation over the next few months. Um, and it's going to test markets patience. You know, the central banks have said, we, we know this. We know it's happening. We're going to look through it. Um but when you've got economies opening up as well and you're going to get some extra, you know, zip to uh, to, to, to the re- global reco- recovery, then um, all of these things are pressing in the same direction. 
Yeah, they are, although not pressing quite as fast in that direction. If we look at, uh, you know, the, the numbers in Europe are definitely not looking good. I mean, they've, uh, you know, the, the, obviously the, the vaccination numbers are, are going slow. Uh, they're definitely going to a third wave in the UK. Meanwhile, on Monday, 19 deaths from COVID-19. Uh, and in the US, well, they're levelling off, aren't they? Actually, the around 1,000 a day is the seven-day average now for, for the uh, morbidity rate, even though they've got 146 million people now vaccinated. So these numbers are still important. It's, it's not, I mean, it's not over by a long shot, is it? And, uh, you know, actually could be potentially be getting a lot worse in Europe. It's not over by a long shot. Um, you can see what's happening in Germany with you know, Angela Merkel twisting and turning, one day, one, one day wanting to uh, have a five-day Easter celebration and the next time, you know, you're going head-to-head with state leaders because this thing is out of control in Germany. The good news is that things do seem to be getting more under control in some of the other areas in Europe, like France. But, but as you say, um, the, the, the possibility of a fourth wave can't be discounted in the US. It does seem to be in the US the uh, virus pickup is much more uh, prevalent in the northern countries, northern states, uh, and particularly in New York, where the seven day average is up by 14 percent now. Um, and that's offsetting the kind of uh, falls that we're seeing in the southern states. It's interesting that Texas is actually, you know, carving its own path, reopening, and there doesn't seem to be a pickup in infections here. So that's a situation to watch. But clearly in the US and, the, and Europe, um, the situation is very unstable still. And the UK is looking on nervously because, yes, it's vaccinated a lot. It's, it's starting to open up its own economy now. And to do so just risks on bringing the infection back in here. So it's going to take things. It needs to take things very, very steadily and carefully. And that's why some of the borders are being closed up and extra, you know, precautions are being taken for things like, you know, when goods come across the English Channel from France, 75% of goods are imported through that route. Um, you know, that carries the risk of, of, of reinfection with it. And so, you know, there's lots of mandatory testing of drivers and those kinds of things going on. It's going to be stepped up over yeah. the next few weeks. Got to stay in their cabs. Got to stay in the cabs unless they want to go to the toilet or have a test, basically. Okay, the one, thing I, the one thing I would say is all the focus at the moment in Europe is on the situation right now. But um, in, in the second quarter, and we're going to be stepping into that any day now, uh, Europe's on track to get um, almost, uh, well, over 200 million doses. So things should be picking up. We don't know about vaccine hesitancy yet, but... Things should be moving in the right direction. So, it's also the administration as well side of it, isn't it? They've got to show that they can do that too. But look, you know, Australia's not exempt from all of this either. We've got Brisbane, of course, now uh, with a short lockdown. We've got uh, some borders being closed as well. It would be unfortunate, wouldn't it, if, if things drag on so much longer in Australia, having coped so well so far because the vaccine rollout's very slow on our home turf. But look, let's look at uh, what's happening in the United States. Joe Biden's infrastructure plans. Jeff Stein from the Washington Post has been writing today that the initial draft infrastructure proposal that was expected to uh, to be discussed on Wednesday was around a $3 trillion uh, package in spending with $1 trillion in tax hikes. This week, the expectation is the White House is actually going to push for $4 trillion in spending, uh, paid for by as much as $3.5 trillion in tax hikes. So less government deficit, but more money being plucked out of the private sector. I wonder if that's a, a wise idea. 
Well, I think this is still very much up for debate, isn't it? We won't know until uh, President Biden addresses uh, Congress uh, and we'll get some meat on the bones then, whether it's three trillion with two trillion of tax hikes over 10 years or, as you say, four trillion with over three trillion of tax hikes. All of this has got a lot of debate to go, uh, filibusters and all. um, And we're not going to get an answer on this for some months, uh, even if... Uh, this administration would like to get things done by the, you know, before the summer recess. Uh, it's going to be hard pressed, but this is going to be a debate we're going to be talking about for some weeks. Yeah, it is. Look, not a lot numbers wise is there today. Uh, Japan's retail sales for February, also their unemployment rate. We get the uh, the final read of the consumer confidence for for the euro area. You talked about the uh, preliminary inflation rate for Germany for for March, and uh, for the US we get uh, consumer confidence. Uh, the Conference Board's consumer confidence read that's expected to go up a bit. And and ahead of that, of course, we get the uh, the weekly payrolls for Australia as well. We do. Um, the, these numbers have been a little less reliable uh, on the labour market, given their tendency to be revised. Probably won't be as much of a focus as Thursday's job vacancies data, but uh, nonetheless, it's part All of right. the big picture. Very good. Thanks, Gavin. Catch you again very soon. Cheers, Phil. And there will be more of this tomorrow morning. Gray Atrill will be joining me then. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. I'm back tomorrow morning as well. See you then. Have a great day.